high short kick that is going to come up and bounce at the 20. Rutgers has a chance to recover it and make it. A high short kick that is going to come up and bounce at the 20. Rutgers has a chance to recover it and they do. What a play by the Scarlet Knights. Get it to Harper with three, with two, with one. Harper for the win. Got it. Down and 10 at the 21. Wimson hands it off. It's Benunga getting to the corner left. 20, 15, catching to 10. Benunga down near the goal line. He is in. Touchdown, Rutgers. Now with six. Baker making his move with five. Step back three for the lead. Oh. Yeah. With one point, one to go. Happy Friday here on the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I'm Aaron Brightman. Wanted to touch on football today. Had an episode last week just talking about future schedules and wanted to take this episode to kind of sneak peek or I guess an early look at how the 2024 schedule for Rutgers football has changed in the regard of outlook, at least from my perspective, um, you know, the overall general take, which is correct, is that the schedule is certainly easier for Rutgers in 2024 due to the fact that for the first time since being a member of the Big Ten, Rutgers does not have to play Ohio State, does not have to play Penn State, and does not have to play Michigan, the defending national champs. Not only do you not have to play one of those teams, you don't have to play any of those three. So having played them year after year after year after being in the Big Ten East and not having any of them on the schedule for next year, I mean, that's pretty much mathematically impossible to not not call it an easier schedule. Now, I have pushed back a little bit in the sense of I don't think it's an easy schedule, and that's just life in the Big Ten. But taking a little bit of a deeper dive and also some developments uh, in the last week and a half uh, have made – at least my outlook more optimistic on Rutgers football in terms of their schedule for 2024, uh, specifically Washington being on the schedule in late September, the big 10 opener for Rutgers in Piscataway. No secret that Caitlin DeBauer has left to go to Alabama. They've hired Jed fish uh, who's did a great job at Arizona, turned a really bad team into a 10 win team this past year. But they are a week and a half, 10 days, 11 days removed from the national title game and their loss to Michigan to now having 14 offensive players on its two deep from that game. And I believe every starter in the national title game now departed for next season which is just wild. Um, and this is not a debate about whether you like the transfer portal, whether you like you know, the current state of things. Uh, it's just a reality. That's what's happening now. This is what's happened in the last week and a half. And, you know, it stinks for Washington fans, for sure. Um, you know, I don't even fully understand why you would automatically enter the portal without talking to the new coach, but that's near here, they're there. The point is, is that Washington is in full rebuild mode. Now, they have a Power 5 coach coming in who's proven. They have pretty good alumni support. I think their NIL is pretty decent. So they're certainly not going to be as bad as they look on paper today, January 19th. But 
certainly that game on the Rutgers schedule in late September. And again, timing seems pretty good, right? Uh, you know, people say or kind of discredit uh, for whatever reason the fact that, you know, Rutgers beat Northwestern and Virginia Tech in September uh, in 2023 and that they were lucky because if they played them in November, they would have lost. Well, who knows? But the fact is, you know, it was good timing with Northwestern, that season opener, based on all the, um, you know, uh, turmoil they went through in the offseason with the firing of Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, and then Virginia Tech, you know, was a team that was rebuilding that just got better as the year went on. Uh, Rutgers caught Jones in his first start. But that's, hey, that's football. That's that's life. That's how things work. And uh, it does look uh, today that playing Washington in that Big Ten opener is uh, is definitely, not only is it a more winnable game now, uh, you know, all things Staying kind of, you know, with, with Rutgers having so many starters back, uh, there's a good chance Rutgers is going to be favored in that game. And that's the bigger point in terms of looking at the schedule. You know, uh, if you look at 23, and, and part of this I'm laughing because uh, there's I, I've been looking at power, you know, all too early power rankings for 24. And there's a couple sites out there I, I tweeted about uh, the Spartan Wire. I didn't link the article. I, I wouldn't recommend reading it, but out of 18 teams in the Big Ten, they, they put Rutgers 17th in the power rankings. It was a very, 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 very salty take. Uh, you could tell that the Michigan State writers still burned about losing that comeback. Um, you know, and said Rutgers got lucky in 23, and, um, you know, they have a much harder road in 24. And I was already planning to do this episode. I was actually researching power rankings for this episode, and I read that, and it's just – not really based in reality because if you think about it, you know, there were five games on uh, of the six games Rutgers lost in 2023. You could look on paper before the season and basically chalk up five of them. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin at Wisconsin, and um, also at Iowa. You know, I, again, the Iowa game was – Iowa-Wisconsin turned out to be very disappointing. We thought they had a better shot to win than they did once the season got going, but still – on paper, and, and even during the season, I mean, they were underdogs. You, you couldn't expect them to win those games. So losses in those games were, you know, to be expected. The Maryland game is the one game I guess you could point to and say, well, Rutgers could win that game, although they lost to Maryland 37 and nothing the year before, and Maryland had pretty much everybody coming back. So, you know, and, and that – so if you look at that, Right, that's the way the 2023 schedule was, and and every toss-up or winnable game, Rutgers won. Now that is a little bit rare, right? That doesn't always happen, but still, there were five pretty much surefire losses on the schedule going into the season, and Rutgers lost them all, but they also won all the games that they were either favored to, uh, or they were favored in, and and would be considered, you know, matchup or toss-up games. Looking at 24, you know, they've Howard and Akron at home to start the season. So, obviously, going to be favored and expected to win those games. Then you're at Virginia Tech on September 21st. Uh, I, you know, I think that's definitely a game Rutgers could be underdogs in. I think it's going to be a very difficult game. Uh, but it's it's not, you know, impossible for them to win that game by, by no means. I mean, they just dismantled Virginia Tech this past year. Drones is going to be fully uh, cemented as a starter. You know, certainly Brent Pry has some momentum there now. Virginia Tech's always a very tough place to play. So, I've been looking at that game for a while and thinking that's going to be a very difficult game. Um, but it's not like going to the big house. It's not the same thing. 
Um, then you have Washington at home. Then you're at Nebraska, right? Not an easy environment. Rutgers has never won there. Year two of Matt Rule. Uh, they're certainly reloading. They should be underdogs in that game. Not, not impossible. I don't look at that game as tough for going into Iowa or Ohio State or Penn State or any of those environments. So, you know, hard, yes. If that's your – is that your toughest road game? Virginia Tech, Nebraska, let's see the other road games. At USC, tough. At Maryland, at Michigan State. So those are your five road games. Uh, Michigan State's reloading. You know, they hired uh, Jonathan Smith from Oregon State. He's been killing it in the portal. Listen, whether you like it or not, Michigan State's going to be a lot better. End of the season, I mean, that's going to be a tough game. Not to say that Rutgers can't win that game. That's not an impossible game, but it will be tougher. Uh, At Maryland, you know, Rutgers has gotten their clock cleaned by Maryland the last few years, so that's going to be a tough game, but Maryland is reloading too. So, you know, uh, who they replace uh, at quarterback and all that, there's a lot to be determined there. Uh, And then you're at USC, obviously going to be tough. USC is not, you know, the USC that we've come to know for many, many years, but – Listen, they're still loaded with four and five stars. So maybe that's the toughest road game next season than at Nebraska and at Virginia Tech. So those are five road games. You know, can they win one of them? Can they win two of them? It's certainly not ridiculous to think that they can. Uh, to think that they, that they can win one or two of those games. But even if they lose all five, I don't think, other than I would say at USC – I don't think you could chalk any of them as definite losses. Uh, at, uh, excuse me, at Michigan State, at Maryland, uh, at Nebraska, at Virginia Tech. So that right there, much more manageable schedule. And then your home games. So you have uh, Howard and Akron, like I said. Washington now coming in on September 28th. Winnable for sure. Might even be favored. Wisconsin at home on October 12th, not easy whatsoever. Badgers, year two, Luke Fickle. They got uh, Van Dyke, the quarterback from Miami, before they played Rutgers in the bowl game. Uh, Will certainly be a a difficult game, but Wisconsin was not great last year. Rutgers, you know, if they didn't make uh, that pick six at the end of the first half, could have been in a dogfight in Madison. So certainly, you know, a difficult game, but not an impossible game. Then you have UCLA at home. They had a down year. You know, East Coast trip for them, that's a winnable game. Minnesota at home, they're in full rebuild mode. Maybe Ethan Kalik Manis uh, will be starting for Rutgers. He'll obviously be fired up in that game. Uh, some other Minnesota ties, of course. And then Illinois at home, who's kind of in a rebuild mode as well. So as of today, you're going to be favored against Illinois. You'll be favored against Minnesota. You might be favored against UCLA. Probably not favored against Wisconsin, but I is it a toss-up game? Maybe, you know, a touchdown underdog? I don't know. Um, and then Washington home. I mean, this is the thing. Of any of these games, of any of the home games, Rutgers is not going to be a double-digit dog in any of those games. They'll be favored in most of them. And any of those road games, are they double-digit underdogs right now? I don't think Virginia Tech, no. Nebraska, I mean, maybe people will say that, but I, I don't think it's grounded in reality if they're double, you know, should they be 14-point underdogs going to Nebraska? I don't think so. 
Uh, at USC, yeah, probably. That'll be a game that'll probably be double-digit underdogs. Uh, and then at Maryland, well, I mean, based on past history, yes. Uh, and then Michigan State, no. So, listen, you're talking about – you're going from a year in which Rutgers won seven games, was not expected to, and had five sure losses on the schedule going into the season with the sixth looking pretty likely based on past history. This coming year, Rutgers does not have that at all. It's much more manageable. Mike Broadbent of Rivals uh, Night Report, I saw he was tweeting a few days ago at some point saying he thought Rutgers had the easiest schedule in the Big Ten. I haven't. I take his word for it. You know, uh, he's great insight. Um, it's certainly, like I said, I, I, I will take time at some point in this offseason because there'll be plenty to talk about, plenty of time to research stuff, to really examine every every Big Ten team schedule. But on the face of it, I mean, you can't really – it makes sense what he's saying. Uh, and Rutgers has stability with the coaching staff, with the returning roster. Reggie Sutton recently announced he's coming back. That's 11 starters back now, uh, all who could have opted out uh, in their final year. Back for Rutgers, you have uh, you know a couple key transfers added in Demir uh, Miller, the FCS All-American from Monmouth. You have Kali Manis now in a battle with Wimsett. Uh, you have... Uh, a spring camp coming up with a lot, a lot of young players looking to make noise. Um, things are certainly on the up and up again. I've talked about, and you know, David Anderson, and I have talked about, you know, if Rutgers even, you know, took a little bit of a step back with, you know, five or six wins. Uh, I mean, listen, they, they definitely won all the games they were supposed to. Right. And that doesn't always happen. So maybe they lose a, a stinker next year. Right. But I, you know, there's another, what is it? Um, college football network they, they and this is yesterday uh and the spartan wire was yesterday also uh or the day before it was all this week uh college football network picked Rutgers to go three and nine next season with a one and eight record in the big 10 so perceptions die hard you know and for a team like Rutgers, i mean the, this we knew this was coming right big 10 fan bases um some in the national media perception i mean it, it's it's a, it was comforting to know that Rutgers was bad for so many years. And they're grieving. They're grieving. They're, they're having trouble with it. Um, but, you know, I'm giving my honest take. Looking now on this schedule, I mean, I think the opportunity to go 7-5 and five is absolutely there. Um, beyond that, it's possible. I'm kind of, you know, kind of balancing it where I think, you know, maybe they don't win every toss-up game, right? But they win a lot of them because – they have the formula to do so. A good defense, a strong running game. When none guy's back, that whole defense is back for the most part, other than Max Melton. You know, in terms of Howard and Akron, those, right, those have to be must-wins. And then between, you know, Illinois at home, Minnesota at home, UCLA at home, Washington at home. Those four. Let's look at those four. Washington, Minnesota, Illinois, UCLA. Can Rutgers win three of those? The thing about 2023 that was also big for Rutgers is that they were very good at home after being very bad at home for a long time. Uh, you know, they, they beat Northwestern. They beat Virginia Tech. They beat Temple. They beat Wagner. They beat Michigan State. They played Ohio State. Very, very, very tough. And they got beat pretty bad by Maryland, but they were a lot better at home. So if you could just protect your home field next season, 
if you could just protect your home field next season in toss-up games, UCLA, Minnesota, Illinois, Washington, four winnable home games, coupled with Howard and Akron. Now, those are six. You have Wisconsin at home as well. That's probably, I would say, I think that's, I'm going to call that their toughest home game. And then the road, you know, it's certainly not easy, but it's not it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Could they steal one in East Lansing at the end of the year? Injuries will obviously be a factor in the end of the season. Uh, at Maryland, who knows what they're going to look like at that point. That's in November. Um, USC is daunting, but not impossible. Nebraska will be challenging. Um, and at Virginia Tech will be challenging. But the path to seven wins is certainly there. You know, beyond that, sure, anything's possible, you know. Um, but I think that six to seven regular season wins is absolutely on the table. And Washington now, you know, 14, so 14 starters, 14 in the two deep leaving, um, including their All-American freshman center now. I mean, it wasn't just older guys on Washington. They, they, they're losing all that, you know, all their top five receivers are losing. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's going to be a real juicy matchup now. Uh, it's, they're certainly going to reload, but Rutgers has real opportunity now uh, at, to, to, win, to win that game. And listen, one, one swing game like that can really change the trajectory of a season, and that coming early in the season is big. So just wanted to share some thoughts on the 24 schedule. Plenty more this offseason. I'm going to have David Anderson on early next week. Uh, to talk football, and um, I think that year five, Greg Schiano from year four, they have a real momentum in in multiple ways now. Uh, and the recruiting trail, they're doing is uh, I think a, a smart and an admirable job on the port in the portal. We know they can't compete with everybody in terms of NIL, but they've already added two I think solid pieces. They're going to look to add more. I think you need to get an impact tight end. Um, and then you have, you know, they're looking to replace Corey Heatherman at linebacker in terms of coaching staff. Otherwise, everyone's back. Stability there. You have 11 returning starters, fifth-year seniors all coming back. There's a lot to be optimistic about this program, and the schedule is also a reason for optimism. Don't let the outside noise bother you. Just relish in the fact that, Rutgers is on the rise, and a lot of people can't deal with that. Thanks for listening and watching this episode of the Scarlet Faithful Podcast once again.